Do summer projects your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. With free delivery on over 2 million items, you can make the most of summer grilling and dig into gardening. Plus, get same-day delivery on thousands of products like power tools and storage to tackle any last-minute garage project. Summer your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome to the Circling the Bases podcast from NBC Sports Edge. This is our MLB Power Rankings show where we break down my weekly Power Rankings column that goes up on NBC Sports Edge every Tuesday. We're recording this on Monday night, May 30th, Memorial Day. Uh, Happy Memorial Day to everybody out there. Hope you're enjoying a, a long weekend. Not really a long weekend for us. It is Monday night, May 30th, just for context, as we talk about wins and losses and stats and whatnot. I'm Drew Silva. Joining me here and every week throughout the season is my co-host, Janice Scurrio. Welcome in, Janice. It is almost June. How did that happen? And also, is there anything specific that you're looking forward to this coming week? Yeah, yeah. So it's almost June. Uh, I am going to declare that that is your fault, Drew, uh, that it was almost uh, June. Uh, but fair, anyway. fair enough. <laughs> the thing that I'm looking forward to is the matchup that is on Wednesday. Uh, so uh, the White Sox are taking on the Blue Jays up in Toronto. Uh, Michael Kopech is going to start against Hyunjin Ryu. Uh, so uh, Michael Kopech has been mostly lights out this year. Uh, he's easing his way back into the rotation after having Tommy John surgery. Uh, his last start, he carried a bid for a, a perfect game into the sixth inning, uh, allowed only one hit and two walks over seven innings uh, and pitching against the Yankees too, which is not an easy lineup to comb through, but Kopech pulled it off. Uh, so as for Ryu, uh, he left his last start on Thursday against the Angels. He had some tightness in his left elbow. Uh, so he told reporters that he should be able to make his next start, uh, but uh, since uh, he's returned from the injured list, uh, he's only allowed three runs on 16 hits. Uh, so that should be an interesting matchup to watch all in all. Yeah, that'll be a good one. A crucial series for both of those teams. We will talk about the Blue Jays here in a sec. Uh, White Sox didn't rise or uh, they, they fell one spot this week, so didn't make the biggest fallers list. Um, but I guess that's kind of a good thing. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan-favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Do summer projects your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. 
With free delivery on over 2 million items, you can make the most of summer grilling and dig into gardening. Plus, get same-day delivery on thousands of products like power tools and storage to tackle any last-minute garage project. Summer your way with Memorial Day savings from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Before we get started, a little promo note. Weekends are better with MLB Sunday leadoff coverage presented by Uber Eats. Catch the Tigers taking on the Yankees in the Bronx on Sunday, June 5th at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, live on NBC and Peacock. To learn more, go to PeacockTV.com slash MLB. And if you want a chance to win $25,000 on that game, download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter Sunday's free Grand Slam Pick'em Contest. All right, let's jump into these power rankings this week. As usual, uh, we do a deep dive on each of the teams in the top five and then discuss the three biggest risers and three biggest fallers from the previous week to the current week. If you want rankings and observations on all 30 clubs, check out the full power rankings column on Tuesday. usually goes up late morning, early afternoon, depending on how long it takes me to actually write the thing. All right, start us out, Janice, with who we have at number one overall this week. All right. Uh, So at number one, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, So last week they were number two. uh, So essentially they're swapping places with the team that we're going to talk about next. So uh, they swept the Diamondbacks over the weekend. Uh, So Tyler Anderson has done very well for the Dodgers in his start so far, including six shutout innings versus the Diamondbacks. Uh, So the Dodgers have a a plus 119 run, run differential, and they've won eight out of their last two. Man, that run differential has to be a record this early on in the season i should check that out before i post this column on tuesday but yeah dodgers up back up to the number one spot after a a two-week reign at the top for the yankees uh the dodgers as you mentioned just swept a four-game weekend series at arizona allowed just eight total runs across the four victories now a 20 and 7 record in may for the dodgers and they've won 13 of their last 15 leading into a, a late-night Memorial Day matchup against the Pirates. That's the opener of a three-game set against Pittsburgh that you know, would figure, figure to go in the Dodgers' favor, but we'll see. This is baseball after all. Uh, the starting pitching in Los Angeles has been absolutely incredible. And going into the year, not that it was a weakness by any stretch, but I don't think it was necessarily the strongest area of the roster. Like people were talking about this possibly being one of the best lineups ever. Um, but yeah, their starters have gone 24 and five with a combined 2.40 ERA. They have five pitchers with more than three starts this season, and all of them carry an ERA under three. Walker Bueller, a 2.91 ERA. Uh, surprisingly the highest on this list. Julio Urias, a 2.49 ERA. Tony Gonsolin, a 1.80 ERA. Tyler Anderson, who you noted, he has a 2.90 ERA. Clayton Kershaw, who's injured right now, but has a 
8-0 ERA. And then there's also Andrew Heaney, who opened the year with 10 and a third scoreless innings in his first two starts before going on the IL because of left shoulder discomfort. Heaney's throwing simulated games now and, and could be an option again for that rotation or, or maybe in long relief uh, sometime in mid-June. So yeah, the Dodgers are back at number one and I think they could be there for a while. It's such a tough team to match up against with all they do well, which is you know pitching, hitting, uh, bullpen work. They look like a juggernaut once again. All right. Speaking of juggernauts, another team that does pretty much everything very well, uh, the New York Yankees. Uh, they've got the second best run differential, uh, but it's definitely not close to the Dodgers. They're at plus 71. Uh, they're five and five in their last 10. Uh, so interesting, interestingly enough, uh, New York's 16 and seven road record. That is the second best in Major League Baseball uh, uh, behind only the Padres, uh, who are 17 and seven. And we'll talk about them in, the, in a little bit. But yeah, the Yankees are definitely another team that seem to be firing on all cylinders. Yeah, they just completed a, a pretty grueling stretch of 23 games in 22 days. There's going to be a lot of that this year as, as baseball tries to make up for, for losing a, a week plus uh, due to the lockout. Just a lot of games crammed into a short amount of time. And, and it opened with a May 8th doubleheader against the Rangers. It ended on Sunday against the division rival Rays. The, the Yankees are one of the few teams who do, did not have a game on Memorial Day. So in those 23 games in 22 straight days, they won 18 of them and lost five, uh, which is quite impressive. Uh, there were some injuries along the way. Giancarlo Stanton on the IL, Aroldis Chapman on the IL, Chad Green, Tommy John surgery, Jonathan Lewisaga, all out. Uh, but all in all, the Yankees have to feel pretty good about where they stand with the best record in the American League, helped by that 18-5 and five stretch in that recent run of 23 games in 22 days. Clay Holmes has taken the closer mantle from Chapman. Um, and with Chad Green done for the year following Tommy John, not maybe a, a household name yet, Clay Holmes, but he's allowed just one run through 24 and two-third innings for a 0.36 ERA. Uh, he's faced 89 batters and struck out 26 of them while issuing just two walks. And Holmes is six for six in save opportunities, four for four in save opportunities in May so far with, with Chapman out. Um, Aaron Judge leads all hitters in homers at 18 to go along with a 309 batting average at 1044 OPS. Uh, Nestor Cortez, we talk about him pretty much every week, but rightly so, a 1.70 ERA through nine starts. Jamison Tyon, I think, has quietly been excellent. He's got a 2.49 ERA in nine starts. Luis Severino uh, on the bounce back trail with 3.38 ERA so far. Jordan Montgomery, a 3.30 ERA. Uh, and Garrett Cole, a 3.12 ERA, 72 strikeouts in, in just over 57 innings. So, yeah, the Yankees lost their number one spot, but at number two, and they're doing just fine. Yes, indeed. Uh, so another team that seems to be doing uh, quite fine lately, the New York Mets. Uh, they are at number three. Uh, so Francisco Lindor uh, stretched his RBI streak to eight games. Uh, so the New York Mets are now 11 games ahead of the Phillies in the standings and eight and a half ahead of the Braves. Uh, they're seven and three in their last 10. Uh, and in their recent sweep of the Phillies, uh, Nick Plummer hit his first major league homer uh, to tie it in the ninth. And then Eduardo Escobar hit the walk-off single in the 10th. Uh, yeah. So another team that seemed to be doing, uh, that, that seems to be doing everything well lately. 
They began last week by dropping two of three to the Giants, but yeah, then as you mentioned, rallied for a three-game weekend sweep of the Phillies, capped off by that Nick Plummer game-tying home run in the bottom of the ninth inning Sunday. I think he's well on his way to a big game on Monday, too. I know the Mets were up. Yeah, they're up 12-4 in the bottom of the fifth, and Plummer already has – he's already got four RBIs, a homer and an RBI double. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm really impressed by him. He was a first round pick of the Cardinals in 2015, uh, 23rd overall out of a high school in Detroit, missed the 2016 season because of an injury and just did not really show much at all in the lower minors between 2017 and, and 2019. Then obviously the 2020 minor league seasons get washed away by COVID, um, he kind of becomes a forgotten guy. He jumps back onto the radar uh, with a strong showing between the AA and AAA affiliates of the Cardinals in 2021, gets a non-guaranteed minor league deal as a minor league free agent from the Mets over the winter. And, and yeah, now he, here he is at age 25 with that huge home run on Sunday, and it, it sounds like a, a massive game coming on Monday. It's pretty cool for Plummer. Props to him for for sticking through all of the start starts and stops in the early part of his professional career, kind of indicative of, of what the Mets have done as a whole this year with, with no Jacob deGrom and losing Max Scherzer a couple of weeks ago to an oblique strain. Uh, he'll be out until sometime in July. deGrom might be too. Uh, they're 32 and 17. It looks like they're about to go to 33 and 17, 16 games above the 500 mark. Still the only team in the NL East with a winning record. Eight and a half games up on the second place Braves right now, probably going to go even higher. <laughs> Wonderful. I was looking to see if a plumber was available in my fantasy league, and he is. Uh, so I am just going to, you know, snatch him up. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he's going to get everyday playing time, but they might as well try it if, if he's not <laughs> going to slow down. Absolutely. All right. So at number four, uh, Houston Astros. Uh, so in today's game, Jordan Alvarez crushed two homers, uh, including the longest of his career. Uh, Framber Valdez also threw a complete game. Uh, so the Astros have a 14-6 record at home, and they're 6-4 and four in their last 10. Yeah, they uh, needed an eighth-inning RBI single from Alvarez and some stout relief pitching on Sunday to avoid a three-game weekend sweep at Seattle. Uh, but then came that easy 5-1 defeat of the A's on Memorial Day, helped by Alvarez p- lumbering up. And and overall, the Astros are now 20-8 and in May after going 11-10 and in April. Um, Alvarez provided the heroics on Sunday, as I said, yeah, then homered on Monday afternoon. Uh, an OPS of 903 that ranks top 13 among all qualified his- hitters. Uh, Jose Altuve also went yard in Monday's win over Oakland, his 10th home run of the season. The Astros are 24 and 10 when Altuve is in the lineup and 7 and 8 when he is not. Um, Justin Verlander got blown up on Friday uh, against the Mariners, but still has a 2.03 ERA on the year and is tied for the MLB lead and wins with six. So that, that, that tells you how well Verlander had pitched in the early going that he could survive a, I think it was a six run, 10 hit drubbing by Seattle, uh, but still Cy Young worthy numbers overall. And yeah, you mentioned Framber Valdez. He got that complete game, two hit complete game on Monday. Only one run allowed carried a no hitter into the fifth inning that brought his season ERA down to 2.57. Um, so kind of talking in, in circles here with a lot of these these teams here at the top, uh, getting it done pitching-wise, getting it done hitting-wise, and 
the Astros remain safely at number four in this week's rankings. All right. So number five, uh, crawling back into your top five, the Milwaukee Brewers. So, uh, yeah, today uh, they're playing a doubleheader against the Cubs. Uh, They did they did win the first game. And so they had uh, Ethan Small uh, start in a spot start. They called him up only to option him immediately after the game. Uh, They ended up winning. Uh, They're currently playing uh, right now. They are uh, two and one right now. And looks like Aaron Ashby uh, is still on the mound for them. So a couple of injuries have befallen the Brewers. Uh, So Freddie Peralta is out with a shoulder strain. Uh, Brandon Woodruff has a high ankle sprain. Uh, Not a very serious injury, but of course, too, the timing is a little uh, disappointing, seeing as how uh, Peralta is also going to be on the shelf for the time being. But otherwise, uh, yeah, kind of some interesting pitching situations in Milwaukee right now. This move back into the top five has a lot to do with the Angels dropping out of it, and we'll talk about them in a bit. But, yeah, the Brewers did win two of three against the Padres to open last week's schedule, then split a four-game series with the Cardinals. Uh, Might pull off a a doubleheader sweep of the Cubs on Monday. Um, So pretty good showing last week against a couple of competitive teams, and now they're kind of beaten up on Chicago. Corbin Burns was terrific in Sunday's series finale versus St. Louis, 11 strikeouts over seven scoreless innings to bring his season ERA down to 1.95. And as you mentioned, Burns is being asked to carry a a heavy load as the ace of that rotation right now with Freddie Peralta and Brandon Woodruff, both on the injured list. Uh, Woodruff with the ankle sprain, so he shouldn't be out too long, maybe misses a couple, maybe three turns in the rotation. Um, Peralta is, is a shoulder strain, and, and he isn't close to returning or even resuming throwing. Uh, but young lefty Aaron Ashby has, has stepped up in a big way. Eric Lauer has been great all year. We talked about him a lot early on. Um, and Ethan Small, as you said, debuted on Monday afternoon against the Cubs. He's an interesting pitcher, Ethan Small, the, the 28th overall pick in the 2019 draft out of Mississippi State has a career 1.78 ERA in 136 minor league innings, 177 strikeouts, uh, but also 67 walks in those 136 minor league frames. That's a a 4.4 walks per nine. And and that control did plague Small on Monday as he made the jump from AAA Nashville to the majors. Two earned runs on four walks and four hits over two and two-thirds innings in a no decision, but the Brewers did wind up winning. I was trying to check that score for you. Uh, seven to six in the uh, yeah. early half of that twin bill. Um, so, yeah, but but nice to, nice to have that kind of prospect around to try at the very least as, as the Brewers await the return of Woodruff and then Peralta a bit longer. Their offense has been better than expected, and, yeah, they remain very rich with, with the arms that they have. All right, so that concludes the top five. Let's go ahead and move into the top risers of the week. So at number six, the San Diego Padres. Uh, they are six and four on their last ten. Uh, seems like there's a pretty good margin between the Padres and Dodgers, however. Uh, so uh, in their last game, Jerickson Jer- Profar, uh, Austin Nola, Manny Machado all hit RBI singles, uh, but the Padres weren't able to uh, yeah finish the win. Yeah, another jump here for the Padres, who they've kind of just made a pretty consistent ascent up these rankings. I think I had them 13th to begin the year, now flirting with a, a top five spot amid a 20 and 11 run, 20 wins, 11 losses that dates back to April 26th. 
Uh, they did lose Monday's series opener against the Cardinals, but the good news from that one is that Manny Machado returned to the lineup after miss, missing two straight games because of tennis elbow. Um, among all qualified hitters, Machado currently ranks fourth in batting average at 353, third in on base percentage at 432, and sixth in OPS with a 1004 mark. Uh, Mackenzie Gore looks like the real deal, probably the NL Rookie of the Year front runner right now, especially with Seiya Suzuki, with Seiya Suzuki going on the injured list Monday because of a sprained left ring finger. Uh, Gord went to career high seven innings, all scoreless on Sunday against the Pirates, with the Padres eventually earning a 4-2 walk-off win in the bottom of the 10th. Seven starts, a 1.07 whip, 47 strikeouts through his first 42 innings at baseball's highest level. We always knew Gore was going to be a special pitcher at some point, but injuries delayed his arrival in the majors a bit. But yeah, now he has fully arrived and, and could wind up winning that, that NL Rookie of the Year hardware. And then also Fernando Tatis Jr. has joined the Padres on their current road trip. He had been doing his rehab at the team's spring training complex in Peoria, Arizona, uh, but the Padres can get a closer look at his progress now as he travels with them. He's been running and taking grounders without issue and could start swinging a bat if the next follow-up scan on his surgically repaired left wrist shows enough healing to allow for that. Uh, that scan is scheduled for early next week once the Padres return home from this road trip. It's looking like late June might be the target for Tatis's season debut if, if all goes well from here on over the next three, four weeks. All right. So your next big riser, the Toronto Blue Jays, climbing up two spots. Uh, so on Sunday, uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Uh, had a five RBI day. Uh, so the Blue Jays as a team uh, currently have a negative run differential. It's at negative one, but they also have a five game winning streak. Yeah, here we go. I, I feel maybe a little bit vindicated for keeping the Blue Jays in the top 10, despite the many people on social media that have been yelling at me over the last couple of weeks for doing so. Uh, yeah, they pulled off a four-game sweep of the Angels over the weekend after splitting a two-game set with the Cardinals. They've won nine of their last 12, and like you said, will bring a five-game winning streak into Tuesday's series opener against the White Sox. We kind of previewed that series at the top of the show. So at a 27-20 and 20 record, the Jays are – Suddenly back on pace for 93 wins, which would hit the over of their preseason over-under win total of 92.5 that we discussed on the first edition of this power ranking show back in the first week of April, just before opening day. Um, you mentioned Lourdes Scurriel. He's picked it up in a big way. Went 5 for 13 with four walks and six RBIs during the four-game sweep of the Angels, including that five-RBI day, uh, five day on Sunday. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is finally delivering extra base hits again. George Springer, too. Danny Jansen and Alejandro Kirk have been the most productive offensive catching duo in the bigs. Uh, so the offense has seemingly gotten back on track a bit, and Alec Manoa and Kevin Gosman have been excellent at the top of the rotation. Uh, you say Kikuchi, too. He, he has a 2.36 ERA with 31 strikeouts over 26 and a third innings in May. Um, so, yeah, Blue Jays up to number eight and I think on the climb again. Uh, we'll see how they fare against your White Sox. <laughs> All right. Hopefully it goes well for me. Anyway, uh, your next big riser, the Texas Rangers. 
Uh, so on Saturday, uh, yeah, Corey Sager went three for four with a homer. Uh, he fell a uh, triple shy of the cycle. But also probably the big story is Marcus Semien finally hit his first home run of the season, uh, which was a grand slam in the fifth inning on Saturday against the Oakland A's, his former team. Uh, so another fun fact that I, f- I saw, uh, the AL West standings currently spell hats if you ignore the last place Oakland A's. So, okay, Houston, Anaheim, Texas, Seattle. Mm-hmm. Hats. There you go. Hatso. <laughs> That's really great stuff, Janice. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, this is the the second week in a row that we're talking about a rising Rangers team. Uh, they've gotten themselves out of that ugly bottom third of these power rankings, which is you know, a, a good thing given that they spent a half billion dollars on, on new talent over the winter, um, nearly swept a four game weekend series in Oakland, which would have been their fifth win in a row, but, it, but they lost six to five in walk off fashion on Sunday. Um, I sort of laughed when you, you said that Marcus Simeon was starting to turn things around on last week's show. If you remember that. I do. Um, yeah. <laughs> and the overall season numbers are still awful, but He's batting 311 with with an 804 OPS over his last 50 plate appearances, which is a huge improvement. Um, hit his first Rangers homer, as you mentioned. Uh, has four stolen bases in his last 10 games. So there you go. I mean, it's a small sample, but you know his May is going to wind up being miles better than his April was, and and maybe Simeon will be able to carry this over into June as as he plays out the first year of that seven year 175 million dollar free agent deal martin perez has continued to look impressive uh i think he's the league leader in era right now at 1.60 which is crazy uh perez worked seven innings of one run ball thursday against oakland that came after his first shutout since 2014 on his last turn against the ranger or i'm sorry against the astros uh, yeah, the veteran lefty will look to keep it all rolling Tuesday against the Rays as the Rangers are climbing up toward that 500 mark. Martin Perez could be a, a really nice trade ship as, as those conversations start up soon with the August 2nd deadline. Still a ways away, but um, I don't know. Teams that are hovering below 500 might start thinking about who they can move. Or, hey, maybe the Rangers are going to keep this run going and, and actually fight their way into the wild card mix I think there, there are 12 teams that are above 500 right now in all of baseball. And so those 12 teams would be in the postseason right now. So it's, I mean, there's like opportunities here for teams that are, that are kind of in the spot that the Rangers are in. Um, so maybe they do some adding instead of subtracting at the deadline. We'll see. Uh, Eli White, by the way, made one of the best catches I've ever seen before we hopped on here on Monday night. Uh, a home run grab like five feet above the wall and left center. And then followed it up with a two-run homer in, in the next inning or the inning after. He's been a, a nice catalyst of that offense early on. Josh Smith made his MLB debut on Monday as well. He's a multi-tool, versatile infield, outfield prospect for the Rangers. So uh, some good vibes around this team right now, at least better vibes than they were a couple weeks ago. All right. So uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to kill the vibe a little bit and talk about fallers. So your first big faller of the week, the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, what ha- what's happening here? Like they actually were in your top five pretty consistently for quite a little bit. Uh, I know. So I cursed them. Uh, 
I did see that Taylor Ward is at is back. Uh, he went two for four with a two two run home run, an RBI double, and a walk in Sunday's loss to the Blue Jays. Uh, he missed most of last week. Uh, he col he collided with the outfield wall last weekend uh, and went over four on his return Friday before getting a day off on Saturday. Uh, so it's great to see him back. But the Angels have now lost five in a row. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> jumped into the top five last week, and then and then went out and dropped five straight games. The series finale against the Rangers last Wednesday, followed by a four-game sweep by the Blue Jays in Anaheim over the weekend. Obviously, a, a tough stretch that dropped them to three and a half games back of the Astros in the ALOS standings entering play on Monday. I guess that's now four games back with Houston winning their Memorial Day game. Um, it was an off day on Memorial Day for the Angels, so their record will remain at 27 and 22 when this column gets posted on on Tuesday morning or afternoon. And now they'll have to try to get right on the road against the Yankees. Three games in the Bronx, stretching from Tuesday through Thursday. Uh, really bad bullpen work over the last handful of days has kind of partly led to this downturn. Um, if there is one positive, it's, it's what you said that Taylor Ward avoided the injured list with that lingering neck and shoulder discomfort that stemmed from a collision with the outfield wall, not this past Friday, but like two Fridays ago. Um, it just, it just kept giving him problems, but he went two for four with a two run homer an RBI double and a walk in Sunday's loss to Toronto. Um, his breakout continues. He's batting 359 with an 1181 OPS through 142 plate appearances should eventually reach enough plate appearances to qualify for the MLB leaderboards and will be sitting at or near the top in a whole lot of rate stats. His OBP at 472 is the best in baseball. His slugging percentage of 709 is also the best in baseball. Just doesn't have enough plate appearances or at-bats to qualify uh, for those leaderboards. So I guess it's not all bad news for the Angels at the moment, but um, I don't know. Tough to get right against the Yankees this week. <laughs> Right. The uh, the next top faller uh, is the Philadelphia Phillies. So as we've mentioned before, uh, they were swept by the Mets. They're currently on a four game losing streak. So despite uh, Reese Hoskins, Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber hitting solo homers, uh, the Phillies uh, still dropped their fourth straight. Yeah, they had climbed into the top 15, but now out of it, falling to number 16 this week with just four wins over their last 15 games. Uh, including that weekend series sweep at the hands of the Mets and and a five or six to five extra innings loss to the Giants on Memorial Day, uh, man, the chatter is is starting to grow that manager Joe Girardi might be on the hot seat, or I think he's already been on the hot seat, but that the Phillies might have to to make that move soon to let him go. And sure, like a lot of that would be scapegoating; it always is. But Alex Coffey of the Philadelphia Inquirer had an interesting column on Sunday with quotes from players that their family members have noticed a lack of energy just from the television broadcast this season, like that they don't look like they're having any fun or enjoying themselves. And you wonder like when a column with quotes like that comes out, like has the manager lost the clubhouse? Why is that even leaking to a reporter? I'm not saying Alex coffees doesn't do a great job. She does a great job um, digging those up, but I, I, I worry that that things have soured there and the 21 and 28 record certainly doesn't help. Philly has a 131 and 140 record in two plus years with Girardi as manager, 131 wins, 140 losses. 
And I, I know that every week I write this power rankings column and I've been doing it for several years now. The gist is always something like, uh, well, the Phillies you know, dropped below 500 again, or, hey, they got to five games over. It's a season high. Um, but it's like always in that range right around the 500 mark, just constant mediocrity, it seems. And now they're seven under. Corey Kniebel has become a problem. He allowed another ninth inning run on Monday, has three blown saves and seven opportunities this month with a, a ERA near six over his last 11 appearances. Uh, it's all pretty ugly, and it would not shock me if the first managerial change of the year is coming from what would have been, I think, an unexpected place just a few months ago. I, I liked this Phillies team. I liked at least the top-end talent. Was worried about their depth, but uh, yeah, they've been a disaster, especially lately. Oof. All right. So to even kill the vibe even further, we're going to talk about the Kansas City Royals, uh, who are two and eight in their last 10. They are dead last in an already pretty weak AL Central division uh, at negative 64. They have the worst run differential in all of baseball. They have also have the worst winning percentage as well at 364. So, oof, not too much great happening here. Yeah, only a one-spot drop here from 28 to 29. But when you fall past the Nationals and the Pirates and the Orioles and the A's, like the Royals have, like we've got to talk about it, especially because going into the season, at least, we thought this could be a team that would you know, hover around 500, might even be better than 500 if a couple of their young starting pitchers could emerge and Zach Granke could recapture the old magic in his return to Kansas City. But uh, that reunion story has fallen pretty much completely flat. Granke is on the IL now with a hip flexor strain after struggling to an ERA over five through his first 10 starts. And so, yeah, instead of hovering around the 500 mark, the Royals are a full 14 games under it entering their Memorial Day game on Monday night in Cleveland. I think that one's still going on as we chat here. Uh, the calls are growing louder and louder for Vinny Pasquantino to get a shot in KC. Um, he's been an absolute monster at AAA Omaha this season, had a homer and a triple as part of a four-RBI day for the Omaha Storm Chasers on Sunday. He's batting 306 with a 1063 OPS, 14 home runs, and 51 RBIs through 46 games played this year in the international league. I think got to, I don't know. We'll probably see him pretty soon. I'm surprised they haven't called up Vinny already. Uh, this has been a dreadful season for the Royals. You know, who could match the reds for the worst record in baseball with a loss on Monday night, or, or maybe they already have um, man. And to think where the reds were at, at the end of April and for the Royals to now be down in the cellar with them is, is just sad. Um, yeah, let's end on that note. That'll do it for us here on Monday night. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Check out the Power Rankings column. It goes up every Tuesday on NBC Sports Edge. Rankings observations on all 30 teams. Uh, rate and review the Circling the Bases podcast. We love five stars, but any feedback is welcome. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Drew Silve. Janus is at Scuriosa. And peace out. Peace out. Do summer projects your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. With free delivery on over 2 million items, you can make the most of summer grilling and dig into gardening. Plus, get same-day delivery on thousands of products like power tools and storage to tackle any last-minute garage project. 
summer your way with Memorial Day savings from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 